G'day team, how you doing? Ray here and here. Hey, just before we dive into this week's podcast, wanted to let you know this week's show is brought to you by Ride Forever. They're doing a big deal at the moment where you can look like the good guy for buying your mate, your friend, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your auntie, your uncle, your mum and your dad, anyone, a Ride Forever course and all it's going to cost you is 20 bucks. What a stocking stuffer idea that is. Head to rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas and grab yourself that voucher and they can use it for whatever Ride Forever course works for them. Maybe they're a bronze, maybe they're a silver, maybe they're a gold, maybe they're an urban rider. Grab yourself that Ride Forever course for 20 bucks and they can use it for any course they like and you look like the good bugger that's, that's, that's concerned for their welfare, trying to upskill them. Thanks very much, Ride Forever, for sponsoring this podcast. One more time, rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas. Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Matthew Day Gillett will be joining us very shortly for the news, but before we go any further, uh, I wanted to touch base with you on some new boots that I've been wearing lately. They're Style Martin Kansas sneakers to be exact, and they're a little bit different to what I'm used to. Usually I'm riding in, um, you know, adventure style gear. But these boots, the Style Martin Kansas sneakers, you can see photos up at uh, motoNZ.com. They're actually really, really comfortable. And they're kind of like a, ca- a casual boot. In fact, I can wear them on the bike, nice and safe, but I can wear them around the office and nobody even knows. But when you commute every single day of the week, pulling on and belting out big adventure boots becomes a chore. Not to mention in summer, stinky and hot. So I went looking for something I could wear all day without obviously being a clumpy big motorcycle boot. And I think it's important when you're looking for this sort of thing to remember that you still need some protection on the bike while finding you know, something that's a little bit more casual. I think Style Martin nailed the brief. The Style Martin Kansas sneaker is an urban riding motorcycle sneaker that can be easily worn all day around the office. It's comfortable, it's breathable, it's light enough to be classed as a standard shoe, but it also offers some ankle support and protection, and not to mention protecting the foot uh, on the motorbike. They sit at the intersection of functionality, comfort and style for me. They're what I would call a high top, not hugely high, but a little bit higher than your standard sneaker, offering support for the ankle, as I mentioned, but not as hard out as a full motorbike boot. I wouldn't go adventure riding with them. I'd probably think twice about doing a massive road trip on them. They come with two sets of laces, the white pictured on the photos on the story on motoNZ.com, as well as the fluoro, which I'm a bit of a sucker for. They're actually my favourite sneakers regardless of whether I'm riding a bike that day or not. The outer layer is made of a water repellent fabric and greased leather, while the inner lining is waterproof and breathable. It also has an internal malleus protection on both sides of the tips of the shoes with a leather overlay for your gear lever. What more can I say about them? Quite often when something is good, you don't notice it. Have you ever noticed that? It's, it's only when something is bad or something good breaks that it can annoy, irritate, or just stand out to you. These just fly beneath the radar. They do exactly what you want from them. 
Um, so check them out at mudonz.com. The Style Martin Kansas sneakers really, really, really like them. Uh, I think I'm going to have to get another pair when these pair wear out. Right, let's do the news. For the news, it would be you, would, well, you wouldn't want to have anyone else really than our uh, resident Juno and man who lives, breathes motorcycling and on throttle.co.nz. It is Matthew Day Gillett. Hello, hey man, good to be back again. I'm slightly more frequently coming back. We're, we're, we're easing you into it, yeah. Hey, um, news, uh, in the last wee while, and I mean, there's been so much come out because we've had uh, another Eichmann show which we didn't have last year, it's almost like I've forgotten how to deal with it. Um, we got some Senna stuff. Some Cardo stuff, some new adventure bikes. Seems like everybody's doing an adventure bike at the moment. Pretty much, even in the Augusta, but we'll get into that in a bit. Let's kick things off with Benelli. Yes, so Benelli uh, have obviously for a long while now, a good, what, four or five years, have had the TRK 502. Um, they've got two models in that range a road version and a one with an X at the end of the name, which has 19 and 17 inch um, wheels respectively. Now they have a 800, they're calling it, TRK 800. Um, this bike takes its engine from Benelli's uh, 752S Roadster, um, which came out earlier this year, I believe Jock or Peter um, test rode it for the magazine. Um, and yeah, it's quite a cool looking bike. It looks very, um, saying it under my breath, Ducati-esque. Um, so, yeah, it looks like quite a nice adventure tourer. It's an interesting concept, really, because that 752S motor, um, it appears they haven't retuned it at all for the um, adventure bike, but it only puts out 76.2 horsepower out of a 754cc parallel twin, um, backed by 62, uh, 67 newton metres of torque, so it's, it's not going to be a performance bike. I'm thinking this is going to be more budget adventure touring, um, sort of go up against the likes of, say, a Suzuki V-Strom, which is getting very long in the tooth now. Um, similar power figures, a lot heavier um, as these Italian Chinese uh, bikes tend to be. Um, but it's a very cool bike. It's got some good quality components there. It's got Brembo brakes. Um, what else it's got? Marzocchi 50mm fork up front with uh, rebound compression and spring load, uh, spring preload um, adjustment. Uh, reasonably good travel, though, again, it's more V-Strom than, um, say, CRF rally, uh, 170 millimetres of travel. Um, yeah, I think it's a very cool looking bike. It is a bit heavy, though, as I said before, 226 kilos dry. And that's before you throw in 20 litres of fuel. So it's a big girl, but I reckon it'll be a nice... It's almost leaning more towards adventure touring at that weight, isn't it? I think it definitely is. And its um, factory bash plate has space for the um, exhaust to run through and then out, um, out of, then back into. Um, so it's almost... A, it looks very aggressive, but it's a lot tamer. Um, so it'll be an interesting bike if we get it here. I think pretty sure we would because the Benelli range doesn't really have anything other than their 752S in that sort of higher capacity range. Um, I'm guessing, um, based off the 752 pricing, that this will be under 15 grand, which is why I'm sort of comparing it to a V-Strom 650. Um, it also go up to um, head-to-head with the CF Moto MT800, which uses 
the same engine as the KTM 790 uh, that's arriving next year as well. What are we talking? 17-inch and a 19-inch spoked wheels by the looks of it? Yes, we are. Um, so LED lighting as well, TFT display. Um, it's pretty. Good. It's got some pretty trick stuff in there. It's definitely going to have its market. Mostly people like me who uh, can't look past the bargain and aren't too hung up on performance. Um, but as I say, a gravel road, exploring the back roads and stuff, I reckon it'll be all right. Do you think those rims are going to be um, tubeless? They, I don't know. I'm, I'm in two minds because they've got the offset spoke pattern thing going on that a lot of the tubeless rims have, but they don't kind of have... The, 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 the spokes seem to go right into the rim, which to me says potentially not. I can tell you, actually, once I find the folder, um, because I had just had it open and I closed it for some stupid reason to start recording because I'm just that kind of guy. Um, so tyres, we were saying, they are, in fact, tubeless. Um, spoke wheel tubeless type with rim and hub in aluminium alloy. It's got a little, it's got a little bit of Tiger eight hundred going on, Tiger nine hundred going on with those eyes, but it, it's definitely got that uh, that multi strata kind of nose going on there as well. Yeah, which um, if you sort of think about the five hundred two model, that also took a sort of a mishmash Ducati um, BMW almost approach to sort of its design. So it's sort of is taking some parts from some of the best in the business. To make it, it definitely gives you the um, the impression of uh, BMW as well, where you sit in the BMW as opposed to on it. It's got that very low main seat with a very high pillion seat. Yes, and um, adjustable windscreen as well, um, which honestly, I'm sort of, I'm in two minds about this bike. It's um, both a cheap bike, definitely not as capable as some other bikes in the segment, but also it's got some really nice touches and features to it. And if it comes in at the price point, I think it will. It'll be plenty of bike for most people that want to be, um, in air quotes, adventure riders, but um, aren't really going and doing, say, the 42 Traverse every weekend and that kind of riding. Um, it'll be a great gravel road, back road tourer, plenty capable enough for that. Um, and, yeah, I think it looks pretty dope um, in that khaki um, khaki colour with the orange offsets. For more photos and full specs, the full story is up at onthrottle.co.nz, the Benelli TRK, TRK 800. Do check it out. Next on the list, Matt, a little bit of technology and Cardo. Uh, I woke up a couple of weeks ago, a couple of, a few nights ago anyway, I woke up a wee while ago to a press release from Cardo Systems Overseas. They held a press conference and they released two new Bluetooth communicator lines with some awesome innovations. Now, you'll know Cardo, you know Cardo from the PackTalk Bold, PackTalk Slim. Uh, they're the only IP67 rated Bluetooth waterproof. They're the only IP67 rated waterproof waterproof Bluetooth mesh communication system on the market. That was a bit of a mouthful. And the two new products they've released are the Spirit and the Freecom. Now, they have done a Freecom before, but this is the Freecom X. This is the new generation Freecom. Um, so we're talking entry-level Cardos here, are we? We're talking not quite entry-level, but a little bit of a step down and a cheaper price point to 
the Pank Talk Bolds and Slim. So let's start with the Spirit. We've got the Cardo Spirit and Cardo Spirit HD, both running Bluetooth 5.2, wireless over-ear software updates, both fully uh, waterproof and dustproof. They've got fast charging. Great to see they've implemented a USB-C port as well. Both of these intercoms are capable of connecting up to two people, as well as universal connectivity, meaning they can connect with uh, you know your other Cardo products and even your off brands, your centers and the like there as well. The Spirit comes with 32 millimeter speakers, 10 hours of talk time between charges. The Spirit HD comes with 40 millimeter HD speakers and around 13 hours of talk time, as well as wideband intercom, which means you get, uh, if you think of the uh, EQ spectrum, you get more toppy and more bottom end. Um, so you, instead of sounding a bit more like you're coming down a bloody uh, microphone like that, <laughs> you, you get a bit more. You get a bit more clarity going on. There's also an integrated FM radio. Now, now the other one, the Freecom X, comes in two models, the 2X and the 4X. And Cardo is claiming uh, that this is the, and I'm going to quote this, the best Bluetooth intercom available. Now, sticking with Cardo's theme of being waterproof, the Freecom X, the 2X, the 4X, completely waterproof and dustproof. Uh, it ha- comes with an automatically healing network so if somebody drops out and then comes back into range uh, it reconnects them uh, voice control so you can talk to Siri and Cardo and that sort of stuff uh, 40 millimeter speakers by JBL over ear updates so if you uh, go home you put it on the Wi-Fi it does its updates automatically you don't have to think about that Bluetooth 5.2 the Freecom 2X supports up to two riders with a range of 800 meters while the 4X is uh, four riders with a range of 1.2 kilometers both have the integrated FM radio uh, can do your um, Siri commands and you know your uh, what, what's that called um yeah, virtual assistant. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I say I can't remember what the Android one's called. <laughs> uh, I think it's Bixby, isn't it? Uh, anyway, both have uh, fast charging with USB-C. So brilliant that uh, Cardo is bringing the USB-C into the uh, into the line. It's one thing that uh, I've always missed on the PackTalk Bold units. So um, fingers crossed that they revised the PackTalk Bold as well. Uh, but because they're fully waterproof and dustproof, they're not just restricted to being used by commuters or tourists. Uh, these are great devices that could be used for trail riding, trails, motocross, anything like that. Um, and and I, I can't wait to get my grubby little mitts on these and give them a crack. Uh, of course, motogear.co.nz, Derby are the New Zealand agent for Cardo managed to get some pricing and availability these new devices from Cardo will be available late January 2022 uh, pricing for the single Spirit is about 189 the Spirit HD single 279 Freecom single 2X 379 and the Freecom 4X single 499 so they're all coming in under that 649 price bracket for the Pack Talk Bold and Pack Talk Bold black but they do compromise just slightly in the features which uh, is quite a smart move by Cardo. Yeah well not everyone needs all those features and that and to be honest since my Cardo arrived in the mail what a couple of weeks ago and that like I basically used the most basic of the features available on it um, and it's almost like all the features are wasted on me at this point 
Um, though that said, I haven't been writing with anyone. I've just been writing solo because hooray, lockdowns and stuff. But even when we have been writing, I mean, how many people have we had connected? I think at one point we had three, potentially four connected together. We've never really had more than that. If you're a motorcycle trainer, I can understand using way more, using potentially up to 16 and, and more than that. But um, we, us as a, as, a, as a friend group, we've never really had the need to use more. So... Um, I mean, the the 4X Freecom would probably do us. Yeah. It'd be definitely interesting this summer if we manage to all get together and ride again um, because, yeah, those times we have been joined together, at least one of us has been on a different brand communicator, which has made life very frustrating. Um, so hopefully now everyone's on Team Cardo or everyone's got the option of Cardo or Senna because we're just jammy bastards that have managed to get our mitts on stuff um, it'll be interesting to see how those features work for us riding together moving on more information on the new cardos head to motonz.com and keep your eyes peeled for reviews if we manage to get our hands on it right let's move right along and a new adventure bike from mv augusta yes so it's pretty um interesting actually mv have not had an adventure bike in their range specifically as adventure bikes as we know them um but mv and this is something i didn't really know too much of up until recently but mv actually owns the kajiva brand um and kajiva famously i think it was in 1991 early 90s they won the dakar rally with a bike called the elephant a very cool looking bike very big i thought you were joking when you mentioned the elephant <laughs> spelled differently l-e- no, E-L-F-A-N-T. Yeah, E-L-E-F-A-N-T. I think it might even be Italian. Um, but moving on, they started, um, they've started up a new project. They're calling it the Lucky Explorer Project. So it's already a, a weird name, um, as Elephant sort of is. Um, but so it's sort of a marketing thing. It's also part of their adventure bike thing. They're also wanting to get people to be sort of brand ambassadors for them um, on these bikes. But they've got two new bikes. They're called the, um, I believe they're calling them Lucky Explorer 5.5 and um, Lucky Explorer 9.5. Very great names. Um, We'll start with the 5.5. The 5.5 actually looks like it has a lot of DNA shared with the Benelli TRK502s, except it's been upgraded somewhat or quite a lot. So it has a 554cc parallel twin engine, which is larger than the Benelli. It now has KYB suspension that is adjustable uh, and TFT display. It's a pretty cool looking bike as well. It doesn't have that sort of weird mishmash look. It looks like more like a bike that's been specifically designed to be its own thing rather than a mishmash of other bikes. Um, like the Elephant, it's, so these bikes have sort of been developed is a weird word but they've been brought in to sort of bring back that iconic kajiva elephant aesthetic um the soul uh, mv likes to call it because they're very flowery with their words sort of bringing that back and the 5.5 model um, should be an entry level bike which for mv in our market will be a first because mv augusta doesn't have a lamb's bike and this bike, with its sub 660cc engine, its power figure of 47 horsepower, and its very hefty weight, um, very elephant-esque, 220 kilograms dry, <laughs> um, this will slot right into the lambs market. So it's, again, it's another adventure tourer. Um, it's more for that 
touring, go occasional gravel roads, but you're mostly just out enjoying the scenery. You see a road, you go, oh, I wonder where that goes. And you can go and take a look. Um, so it's quite a cool thing. I think it'll be a really big deal for MV. It does, um, as I say, uh, as I said earlier, have some great specs or good specs compared to the Benelli, which I am very certain it shares a lot of its um, design with. Uh, it has really decent ground clearance, 210 millimeters or 8.3 inches. Um, Brembo brakes with a pair of 320mm discs um, with four piston calipers up front and a 260mm disc with a twin pot at the back. The front discs too have a really cool sort of 80s disc guard built into them. Um, so you've got a nice plastic cover and I think it actually looks kind of cool um, in a really weird way. It's also got a built-in luggage rack, nice cozy nestle in uh, seating position with a seat height of, I had a seat height here somewhere, where did it go? Um, a seat height of 860 millimetres. So it's a decently sized um, entry-level bike. But if entry-level is not really what interests you, they also have the 9.5, which is a totally different beast, and it's cooler looking, even if it weighs about the same. So dry weight, again, 220 kilograms. That's 19 kilograms heavier than its closest competitor, which at the moment I'm banking as the Triumph Tiger 900 Pro. So 220 kilograms dry, but it has 123 horsepower triple cylinder engine with 102 newton meters of torque, um, and it screams out to 10,000 RPM for its peak power. So it'll be a lively bike, um, so MV says the 9.5 truly introduces a gateway to the future in the shape of a premium adventure bike faithfully based on the new MV Augusta 950 engine powered by class leading technology and close to that spirit, uh, racing spirit of the original elephant. Um, so it's got, again, Kagiva elephant inspired styling, a nice big hefty fuel tank of 20 litres, um, very rally raid looking. Again, it has the really cool sort of disc brake disc guards up front. This time, though, it's got a 21-inch and an 18-inch uh, wheel. Um, so it's definitely leaning more towards the dirt than the entry-level bike. Um, it is hard to go past, though, that, um, that weight. It's a heavy weight in the middleweight segment. Um, at this point, um, we've got no word from MV Augusta's New Zealand distributor, who's Urban Moto Imports. They're the guys that also bring in the likes of Royal Enfield and Benelli. Uh, we have no idea when this is going to hit showrooms, but it is officially listed as a 22 model on MV Augusta's website. So we should hopefully be seeing them sometime late next year. That 5.5, it's very reminiscent of the Africa Twin, I think. Yeah, it's those twin headlights, isn't it? Um, and I quite like the, um, they've got their daytime running light thing going. I think it's, I think actually, and I'm maybe talking a bit dirty here, but um, I actually wouldn't mind having one of those 5.5s long term um, just to see what it would be like because it's got adjustable suspension. It's got KOB shocks, pretty decent ground clearance. Um, and if it comes in at a good price, I reckon it would be a good alternative to getting something like, again, I say it again, the V-Strom or um, a Versi 650. It seems like a kind of a cool bike, but it's got its own unique aesthetic. And it looks quite practical. The MV Augusta Lucky Explorer 5.5 and 9.5 Kajiva Elephant. 
<laughs> Check them out at onthrottle.co.nz. All the photos and specs are up there. A little bit more tech, Matt. Um, kind of almost in backlash to Cardo's announcement, Senna came out with a little bit of an upgrade for their 50 series. Ooh, tell me more. Tell me what I'm missing out on on my 50s. They're calling it the Quantum Series, and essentially it's an upgrade. you still got the uh, the 50R, the 50S, and the 50C, which you and I haven't actually tried, but it's uh, essentially the same unit with a camera built in. There's also the Impulse and the Striker helmets with integrated center kit. But essentially the big news is that Senna's products now come with speakers and microphones designed by Harman Kardon. Now you might have heard this name before, Harman Kardon has been around since the 50s, primarily creating home and car audio and entertainment gear. And they do a pretty good job of it. They make some high-end sound gear. And it was used in a few laptops in the early 2000s, a few collaborations there. So... I guess it's about time they made it to the motorcycle scene. It's that old story, though. If you want a candlestick, you go to the candlestick maker, right? You want some bread, you go to the bread maker. You don't go for, to the bread maker for a candlestick and vice versa. It just doesn't make sense. They can do it, but they're not going to do it as good as the specialists. So Senna, as an electronics company, they make pretty good electronics, pretty good communicators, but when it comes to getting the best sound from these little devices, they wanted to get into bed with somebody, and Harman Kardon kind of makes sense, especially considering Kardo's in bed with JBL. So let's break down the the uh, quantum range. You got the Senna 50R. This is uh, the most waterproof of the of the the lot, as we found out. The most waterproof of the clip-on devices, anyway. Uh, it has no external connections. Uh, it does mean that you can't take it off your helmet. Once it's on there, you leave it on there, and you've got to take your helmet over to the power socket to charge it up. Um, but it's it's brilliant for connecting to your phone, getting your turn-by-turn navigation, your GPS, your music, and all that stuff, and, of course, communicating with your mates. Um, I used the 50R. Matt, you used the 50S. We went around uh, the Molesworth, the Rainbow, and they worked the whole time. Um, the 50S, much the same. The difference between that and the 50R is that the 50S can be removed from the helmet, taken off the, the dock that's fixed to your helmet. Um, the 50R has buttons, 50S has a jog dial. The 50C is a lot like the, 50, uh, the, the, the 50S, but it has a camera built in. Basically the same though. And as I mentioned, you've got the Senna Impulse, Impulse, which is a dot-rated convertible open-face helmet with integrated Senna communications. Uh, benefits of this means there's, there's no external box mounted to your helmet or anything, anything like that. Downside is if you've got more than one helmet, you can't take the comms off it and put it on something else. Uh, and much the same, you've got the Senna Striker, which is a, an integrated helmet, but it's a full-face um, kind of a sport helmet. Uh, so if you were doing adventure riding, you'd probably go for the impulse. Um, one strong benefit of going with the integrated helmets over the clip-on devices is that the Harman Kardon speakers and microphone uh, will be encased in cavities which will help improve the sound another step. Um, so that's uh, that's the big the big deal is Senna's quantum range uh, comes with the 50 series. It's tuned by Harman Kardon, and I'm actually kind of excited to give it a crack. I hopefully um, it, it makes it to the country in the next few months, and we can try it out. Uh, and even better, do we know if these are going to be like 
if we're going to be able to upgrade our current 50s with the Harman Kardon kit. Now, this is where I was going next, is when I contacted the Senna agents here in New Zealand, which is uh, Bits for Bikes, Whites, uh, whites um, this was, I, I was telling them that this is the first they'd heard about it. So it hadn't trickled down internally yet. So I haven't actually been able to get much information out of them. But hopefully, uh, as well as buying the Quantum Series 50R, for example, which comes with the speakers and the mic included, you can buy an upgrade kit, which is the speakers and the mic for your existing uh, unit. That'd be but cool. no word on pricing availability or any of those questions as yet. But being Harman Kardon, you you, you pretty you can be pretty uh, confident in that it will sound pretty good. It will be an upgrade on the current stuff that's available. Uh, more information on the Senna Quantum Series. Go to MotoNZ.com. Matt. Let's round things off and talk about something that I wasn't overly excited about, which is kind of strange when you work out the, the, the subject matter, because I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that a, a podcast, a Kiwi Rider podcast, is not complete until I've compared something to a Tenere 700. <laughs> yes, and um, well, if more news about this particular bike has come out uh, in the time since we've recorded this, and um, we're recording this what, late November currently. Um, so if anything's come out, trickled out in the next couple of weeks, um, feel free to fast forward past this bit. Um, but yes, Yamaha are teasing us once again. They've got a new Tenere. Uh, they're calling it the Tenere 700 Raid prototype. And I think it's a really cool looking bit of kit. And Ray, you're not quite as convinced, but I think you might be a bit butthurt because it's got all the cool bits your bike doesn't have. It does, by the looks of it. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's talk about what, what they've done. So they've released a video uh, in its simplest form, a video of two tricked out Tenere 700s blasting around the desert. Since found out one of those riders is Paul Tares, uh legendary T7 rider, and I just get jealous every time I see him riding because I don't have an <laughs> ounce of his skill. Um, but yeah, two Tenere's blasting through the desert. Let's talk about the differences between them and the factory one. They've got uh, full rally, uh, you know, uh, navigation towers, fuel uh, massive oh, yeah. fuel tanks, and they've got rear fuel tanks as well. But we don't actually know why Yamaha have released these videos, right? Yes, I've got a couple of theories. Well, I've got, I think, three th theories to be exact. So my first theory is a pretty simple one. Yamaha are preparing to make sort of an R model to go... Um, bridge that gap between the let's say face it it's pretty basic the Tenere 700 and everything else that it compares to has a lot more tech a lot more sort of going for it in some way because um, of course the only other thing they've released apart from the base model Tenere which is sitting just past this curtain on my right uh, is the the rally version which essentially is just a paint scheme right yeah and it's as far as i'm aware they could have changed their minds because yamaha do as yamaha wants um but they, the rally version was a europe only thing as well so yeah. we didn't technically yeah. get it um so that was my first thought is they're building like equivalent to a ktm r model um it's got big kyb stickers on the forks and everything that's got those massive fuel tanks we've got no idea what the sizing is but it's sort of um, to paint you a word picture, imagine what a rally kit sort of like Lyndon Poskett had on his KTM 690 and what the racers actually had on the 690s when they were um, racing the Dakar and stuff. Um, it's got two fuel cells that bolt to either side of the top of the tank. And then it's got a rear fuel cell as well. 
big bash plate. It looks quite. It, it's rigorous. like it's like the Acherby's fat tanks you get for like the DR four hundred and the DR six fifty, right? It's just yeah. a bigger. Bigger, I'm pretty sure there's two outlets, uh, two inlets for fuel as well. So it's sort of like that old school sort of KTM style rally raid fuel tank. So you mentioned the KYB forks. You mentioned the bigger fuel tank. It's got the tail tanks as well. The rally rally style instrument tower. There's no indicators or number plates on these bikes. And I noticed that they've got the factory tail, uh, you know, the big, you know, dorky tail essentially that we put our number plates on these days but no lights on them whatsoever uh completely stripped out and they've got the high front fender which uh it's been an aftermarket thing that you've been able to get for a while but it's not something that yamaha have been offering yeah so that sort of leads into my second sort of theory which is yamaha knows something that the rest of us don't and they are preparing us to preparing a Tenere 700 as a full-on race bike. But at the moment, there is currently no FIM um, certified race series for bikes of that capacity. Um, That's what I wanted to lean towards. That was my thought, is they're making a race bike. They're tricking it out to go and do Dakar, but... That's what you you said to me when we had this conversation. Is there's no you can't take a Tenere seven hundred to Dakar. It's a four fifty cc limit. Right? Yeah, the regulations for the FIM World Cross Country Rallies Championship, or however you actually whatever the title of it is, um, the regulations have changed over the years. So back in the day, people were riding massive bikes like you had the nine ninety KTM's, big GS's, etc., and they've slowly gotten smaller in size. Like turn of the century, they were sort of around that 650cc mark, and now they're 450s. Um, that's because- the real confusing thing is, though, um, and, and what leans me further into, yeah, we're going to go and do Dakar on a Tenere, is that the, the, the video finishes with 31.0802 degrees north, 4.0134 degrees west, which when you punch into Google Maps, puts you basically between Morocco, north of Algeria, and Tunisia, which I said to you, where's that? And you said it is the Tenere Desert. No, the Dakar Desert. Yeah, Tenere Desert. It is the Tenere Desert. It is the Tenere Desert. Ah, okay, Tenere Desert. So I'm just confusing myself. Wait, I need to read out those numbers again for me because I want to see exactly where they take us to as well. So Google Maps. If you you go to... um, If you go to motonz.com at the end of my story i've screenshotted the map which i've put it on but it's 31.0802 degrees north 4.0134 degrees west which is just north of algeria it's in algeria but it's north of algeria and almost a direct line between tunisia and morocco yes i see what you mean so it isn't actually on the um yeah so that is the Tenere desert i believe um so is that just a funky way of saying Tenere, which we already knew they're Tenere's, or are they saying we're doing something here? Yeah, well, I believe there's one race I know of in that region, and that's called the Africa Eco Race. Um, but um, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I can't find anything about what their um, size classes are and everything because they're not actually part of the FIM world, world rallies championships or anything like that so it's yeah I, it's really weird like Yamaha are just teasing the bejesus out of us aren't they 
like they always have and they're, they're, and I, I hope they're not listening but they're not very good at communication so um and this bike is on display right now as we record this in um in eichmann so gee i don't know I don't know, watch the space, and as we said at the start of the story, if there's been more information come out between recording this and releasing this, disregard everything we've just said and go to either onthrottle.co.nz or motonz.com. Sounds good. And that about wraps up the news. Thanks, Matt. No, no worries, man. And that about wraps up the episode. We're wrapping up the year. We're approaching the end of the year so quickly. Hey, um, something to look forward to, though. We're going to be doing podcasts every Thursday right through the Christmas New Year period and into 2022. Something very special. Our last episode of the year on the 30th of December is a live episode. I say live, it was recorded live with minimal editing, but it was also filmed. And we're going to chuck that out on the Kiwi Rider uh, YouTube channel, as well as um, uh, T7 Adventures, which is my personal YouTube channel. So uh, look forward to that one. It's um, it's me, Matt, yarning and reminiscing about the best times of 2021 and lamenting some of the worst times of 2021. But join us for that and every Thursday for Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. That is me. If you want to get hold of us, you can always email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or on social media. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram and TikTok. Love to hear from you, whether it's just a, hey lads, love what you're doing or man, you guys suck. Bring it on. Uh, you can also give us um, give us ideas for topics that you might like to, to hear about. Or if you've got a story, maybe you've bought a new bike or been on a road trip, we'd love to hear your story and share your story as well. Otherwise, keep the rubber side down, throttle on, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Just very quickly before I do let you go, I've got to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Ride Forever with their massive Christmas sale on right now. You could grab yourself or someone in your life a Ride Forever course for just 20 bucks. Uh, don't think of it as training even. Think of it as a brilliant day out on two wheels with some like-minded individuals, maybe checking out some new roads. You get eight hours out on the bike. Uh, so definitely grab yourself that Ride Forever course for just 20 bucks, or grab it for somebody else and look like the good bugger when you're thinking about their safety. And uh, worst case scenario, you learn something from one of those massively talented instructors. Nobody's going to tell you you're doing it wrong, but they're definitely going to give you some ideas to think about. Hit up rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas and you'll grab yourself that Ride Forever voucher for just $20. That's over $300 worth of training for 20 bucks. That's a bargain in my books. Thanks very much Ride Forever for sponsoring this podcast and keeping us free and on the air.